Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. Uh, I'm just going to go on a limb here and say Imperial work prisons are the absolute worst thing that you could be in out there. Mm. They are absolutely terrifying. I'm Justin. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Joining me today, as always, is one of my co-hosts. This is Kyle, and I'm pumped that it's... uh we're doing a two man, a two live crew today, Justin. Yeah, you boy. We're gonna be good. Woo woo. Um, oh yeah. This was a good episode of Andor, and we also got oh. some really good tales of the Jedi this week. But we're not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna talk about it till next week. <laughs> Put that one on excited. the on the back burner. There's a, a lot to talk about with tales yeah. of the Jedi, but we're not gonna dive too much into that uh, this week. Some yeah, controversy I hope around out- that show too. Again, we'll get to it later, but yes, yes. The, the interwebs uh, are not a hundred percent pleased as, as per yeah. usual. <laughs> um, it, it, there's just a lot in Andor to cover. And we felt that trying to put all of that into one episode was a little bit much. So, um, otherwise we homeboy Josh here talking for, for two too. to three hours. Yeah. 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 I'd be interested in getting Josh takes Josh's takes. I'm glad you guys got to see, kind of finally what i saw with with tales of the jedi i saw that first episode with ahsoka it looks great um at celebration it's beautiful done beautiful yeah, i mean these um, days star wars animation just doesn't really miss no no uh anyway get out there um you know check those things out they're they're available now on disney plus um happy halloween everybody yeah it's uh october Spooky-tooky. 30th 31st so whenever you're listening yeah, when to this, this hope out, you had it'll a be great November halloween 1st, so it'll be, <laughs> yeah. you will have just had halloween hope you got a lot of candy for those that still trick-or-treat uh you know i still or trick parents or of trick-or-treaters you'll have access to a lot of candy probably <laughs> i was gonna say i just trick-or-treat myself right into my kid's candy basket yeah. <laughs> of all the things that she can't eat so um you know it's win-win it's that dad tax of, <laughs> fair. of candy you know put a roof you know? over the head you get a reese's cup every now and then that's <laughs> a solid reward i think mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy a good reese's cup um you know good take five i love a take five uh, ch- again speaking of things oh. that don't miss chocolate and peanut butter doesn't miss oh yeah well the take five you get Phenomenal. the pretzel in there and oh, the, salty the caramel sweet, and, yeah, oh my it. god yeah, it's incredible it is a delicious candy it is a del- what's your favorite candy bar Kyle? you got a favorite candy uh, bar what's take five is good it checks a lot of boxes uh classic snickers um, I like a peanut, mm. you know, mm. caramel, chocolate, the whole bit. It's really good. And then a, a chilled Reese's cup. Really? You, I mean, Ooh. it's classic. It's simple, but you can't go wrong there. Refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't feel as heavy either when it's chilled. Nah, it's you know a, I mean, like a Reese's lighter. cup can well, be. And then you don't get the, the chocolate all over your fingers and it's just a better, yeah. it's a full on better experience. Yeah. What's your what's your least favorite? What is, what is your no go? Uh, absolutely no go. I'm not big on a black licorice. Honestly, it's not that great for me. Mm. Um, three Musketeers. No like, let's take the kind of the lamest part of every other candy bar, and we'll just do all <laughs> that. Not very good. <laughs> three Musketeers is like, hey, let's take all the good, cool things in a candy bar and take get them out of here. Just leave one get thing in here. <laughs> Get nougat. No one knows what that is. Wrap it in chocolate. People will eat it. 
And they do. So the but so the Milky Way and the Three Musketeers are basically the same thing, yeah. Milky Way has or caramel, caramel right? and okay. are those the only ingredients? Chocolate, caramel, and nougat. I think Maybe. so, but yeah. it's not like nu- it's not the same nougat that's like a Snickers nougat. Like a, a Snickers nougat is like thick and Justin likes. You know thick. what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's a whole. Di- I don't. Who knows what nougat it's is? Like a it's light, airy, up. fluffy it's nougat. Just sugar sugar fluff no it's not even a real thing when have you when have you ever gone to the grocery store and like let me pick up some nougat you can't get <laughs> nougat it's not a thing it's invented by the candy bar industry it's filler it's probably sawdust with sugar in it just to fill out candy bars uh either way any of it in excess is not good for you yeah, no, <laughs> so not. please please limit your intake of those things uh i'm a, I'm a big uh i'm a big payday fan uh, yeah. It's a lot of you know. It's a lot of peanuts. It's salty. Um, you know, it's yeah, a good. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not huge on candy in general. Um, you know, I like a pink Starburst and a as much as the next Ooh, guy, but yeah. I really don't eat a lot of candy. Do you get the flavor reds or whatever that is? The all all. Oh, actually, a Swedish one. fish. I love a Swedish fish too. Ooh, the multi colors or just the just reds? All reds. Yeah, classic just reds. Oh yeah. Yep, loved the Swedish fish growing up, but they, you get the big ones, not the not the little ones that they have now. It was like the full size ones, and they came in like green and yellow, and, and they're red. a different Those texture than other gummies. They're like chewier mm-hmm. or something. But yep, yeah. yeah. Well, we could. Did uh, you watch this is now um, a candy speaking podcast? Of Halloween, yeah. Speaking of <laughs> Halloween, did, did you uh, rewatch the terrifying tales this year? I have not yet. Yeah, me neither. Um, I might do I, it tomorrow. Um, tomorrow evening after i edit this episode yeah i checked out the hocus pocus 2 what'd you think me i have me please don't come at me on social media i have never seen hocus pocus so i have not yet I'm seen not, hocus so, pocus you know. 2 i the first one i thought was cute it's not without its foibles without but it was cute charm. i mean i'm not going to sit there and go oh this is the most amazing uh, it's one of those I've ever things seen. like I missed out on a lot of movies when I was younger, you know, uh, and then people love them because they fell in love with them when they were kids and they still love them. But then if you just watch it for the first time, it's like kind of trash. Like so people right. love the Goonies. Love it. I never saw well, the Goonies. Goonies. See, you probably love the Goonies. <laughs> I never yeah, saw I it. One time I was like 25 or 27 or something, and some of my friends showed me the Goonies, and I was like, guys, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. It was terrible. Because <laughs> uh, right. I didn't see it when I was a kid. I saw it as an, as an adult, and so it didn't work out. And I don't, I'm afraid Hocus Pocus might be a similar endeavor if I were to watch it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did enjoy it, but Goonies was a different it's it's you know when you're a younger it's kid not the same as and hocus you see pocus. that and it's the imagination no it is not the same as hocus pocus um it's it's different but hocus pocus was um i thought the first one was cute but the second one i just compared to the first one i was like man i just it, it didn't do it for me not it was the same huh no it should have just kept it at one <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's my opinion but should have kept it as one so well let's uh let's dive into news and notes we've got not a lot of news and notes but we do have some things that are are noteworthy here um there is a i don't know if you saw this or not there's a star wars heritage pack that's available now uh for our gamers out there on yeah, ps4 and 5 and nintendo switch it includes uh the republic commando jedi knight 2 jedi knight jedi academy 
Pod Racer and Force Unleashed. And a lot of these games have been available to Xbox users if you do their uh, whatever the it is, the pass, package. I think. Yeah, the yeah. Game Pass. A lot of these games are, are available on there right now. You can go play them, um, but it hasn't been available to PS4 and 5 users or Nintendo users. So this this Jedi Her- this Her- Star Wars Heritage Pack is really cool. If you, if you played those games growing up and you want to go back and relive all those games, you can totally get this pack. I, I don't remember what the price is on it, but it was, I thought, a pretty fair price for what you were getting. I don't remember the exact number either. Um, so go check that out. Um, for those that get into the Lego Star Wars uh, Skywalker saga, there are a ton of character packs that are coming in the next week or two. There are 30, 30 plus characters coming in these packs. There's um, like an Obi-Wan Kenobi pack that has him with an updated outfit. Uh, I believe the uh, Reva's in there. I think there's a couple others. There's a Book of Boba Fett pack that has Cad Bane, Cobb Vanth. There's an Andor pack now that you can get Cassian, Bix, Luthen, Dedra, Cyril. You can play as Cyril been dying in Lego Star Cyril. Wars. I've been dying to play as his little punk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mandalorian pack. You can get the armor, Pelimato, Rebels. This is what I am super excited for. Rebels pack that has Ezra, Thrawn, and Sabine, I can play as Grand Admiral Thrawn in Lego Star Wars. I am pumped for that. There is a Clone Wars pack with Rex and Ventress uh, and a couple others in it. And then you can also play as Lego Summer Vacation characters, mm. which I thought was pretty dope. Um, the You can buy the bundle collection, which is like one and two for I think $24.99 or individual sets are $14.99. So most everybody, I think the the collection one had like Rogue One characters and um, some other stuff in it. This is the second pack. So you could buy, if you didn't buy the DLC the first time, you can get one and two for $24.99. Or if you just wanted one or two, those are $14.99. Or you can buy individual character bundles. So if you just want Andor, it's two ninety nine, and you can get those characters. Kudos to Xbox for kind of setting it up that way, or Lego, or whoever was behind the game designers behind it that set it up that way. So if you didn't want everything, say I can get the Clone Wars pack and play as Ventress for two ninety nine. That's kind of dope. And at the same time, you do get a nice little discount if you just want to get it all too. Yes, yeah, they were conscious of that and saying, hey, if you didn't buy DLC one. You can get it all now bundled at a little bit of a discounted price. Because that so, set looks like it's about six bucks cheaper if you buy the whole thing as opposed to the individual lines. So that's not bad. Yep. It's fair for yep. everybody. Uh, for Disney Plus subscribers, Tales of the Jedi, we talked about that earlier, dropped on Wednesday. There are two, two three-part stories. There's an Ahsoka story and there is a Dooku story. They are, we went over the run times on the last episode. They're relatively short for all of these. You can watch basically yeah, can all watch of one thing, thing in, in like 30 really. minutes. Yeah. Uh, so go check those out again. We'll, we'll cover that in a separate episode just because there's a lot to take in from these. They're short, episodes. but they're uh, information dense. I would say like, yeah. there's a lot of new information for how little screen time there is. Yep, and they are 
very divisive right now, I think, in the Phantom um, with how they were done. So we will talk about that in a later episode. And then Hasbro had an RSVP event, I think it was Friday night, where they went through some new releases. And actually, there's a Comic-Con going on in London right now where a lot of these new releases are seen in the cases or they've got them on display. And they covered them in the Hasbro panel that they did in the UK. There is um, a bunch of pipeline reveal reveals that came out. There's a Black Series Cad Bane, Nine Nub, and Moff Gerard that are coming out in the pipeline. There are also some really cool uh, vintage collection characters cl- coming out. There's a Clone Trooper. There's an Ahsoka Tano vintage collection coming out. Magna Guard and uh, a vintage collection Omega. Omega. Um, Omega, and then in the, um, and I think the the TVC ones are 40th anniversary. I think that was the thing with the Ahsoka one was it's a 40th anniversary card card back. So I saw uh, recently Clone, 20th, to, sorry 20th anniversary for Clone Wars. Not to cut you off while you're talking about this, but I have seen recently at my local, I think Walmart a bunch of vintage clone wars vintage collection uh but uh tartakovsky clone wars so mm-hmm. it had like the their ala sakura the i know was one of them um mm-hmm. I, your was, favorite there was two or three characters available <laughs> but i i haven't seen any of those in the wild before and they popped up at my local store nice uh there's some pre-orders that are coming up paz there's a vintage collection paz Vizla. These are all available, I think, starting 11-1 at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You can order these. There's TVC Paz Vizla. There is a vintage collection. This is really cool. Speeder bike and Scout Trooper. And the Scout Trooper is carded. Uh, super, super cool with that. They're not just sticking them in like a baggie yeah. and putting them in the box with it. So that's that's pretty cool. There's a Black Series comic, Dr. Afra. So the these comic ones stay with the same theme that they've been kind of releasing some of the previous Black Series. There's like the all-white costumed Darth Vader, like if he had gone, if he had turned to the light as Darth Vader. There's, um, I can't remember the Stormtrooper in the first one. He's in there, but they're they're starting to put these comic packs out as black series characters and there's a dr afro coming out there's a mara jade there is a trooper uh, mick coming out as part of that group right that Mm -hmm. stormtrooper group that was basically bad batch before bad batch and then there's two gaming greats coming out there's darth malik and bastila shan and then there's also a black series eu exclusive admiral akbar for return of the jedi 40th I know Josh is probably going to be hitting me up saying, hey, pre-order that for me. That goes on sale on Hasbro Pulse on 11-2 at 1 p.m. So lots of pre-orders coming up, some cool pipeline stuff. It's still hard for me to look at the Black Series and go, yeah, I still want to buy that, but there's no window anymore. Mm -hmm. Can't see the figure for 25 or 30 bucks. I don't know. Yeah, like the price to me should come down and and I mean unless you're an out of box collector which is fine but I it, it for me it just kind of reinforces the push to go back to vintage collection where I can still see the character, I get a beautiful card back artwork and I get to see the figure that's actually in the case. That's just my opinion but 
I, yeah, everybody. I, agree. I don't know how they trans. The boxes were getting better. You know, we had those red and black ones that were so kind of unappealing. They weren't terrible, but there was nothing enjoyable about them at all. And then we were getting the nice artwork with the window, and now covering it all up again. I don't. It's, <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. Like a picture of the figure on the front doesn't yeah, quite no do it for me. It's all for all so. I know, you put like a a trashy doesn't even look right figure in there. You know, <laughs> everybody gets a lump of coal in, in their their box. It's just proportionally weighted to a figure yeah. weight. <laughs> we got you, ha ha. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, but go check them out there. You know, the comic packs are cool. I do like that. I will say that the comic packs are cool because you can open the box and the figure is right there, but there, you know what I mean? Like there's no yeah. plastic on it, but I can open it up and see the figure. The, the straight black series where it's just sealed in the box and you can't see it is kind of a, a no go for me. So Anyway, let's dive into Andor because we have got a ton of Andor stuff to talk about. And I'm going to play this episode eight intro because it was very different than uh, what we got last week from the Niamos Club Mix. It's a little, hits a little harder, I think. I love that synth in the background, too. Yeah, it's a very different sounding Star Wars music in this whole series. Strings coming in there. It's quite nice. Still that bass line behind. It's tense. It's tense. And they want you to know it's a mm-hmm. tense episode. And I love that they changed the music for it. This is episode eight, titled Narkina 5. Its director was Toby Haynes. The writer was Bo Will- Willimont and Tony Gilroy. Uh, new cast this week. We get some uh, prison members that Cassian meets. We get uh, Kino Loy, played by the incomparable Andy Serkis. Uh, we now figured out how... Uh, so, uh, Snoke apparently yeah. was in prison for a Weird. while. <laughs> and that's what turned him to the dark side. It really wasn't cloning. It was just prison. dark science at um, all. Melshi is played by Duncan Powell. We actually had seen Melshi before. He made his first appearance in Rogue One. Uh, he was on Cassian's team uh, in that movie. Olaf, which is Christopher Fairbank. Ham. Love the fact that we have a Star Wars character named Ham. This is played by Clemens Schick. Yep, we get Jembach, Brian Bovel, Bovell, Bovell. Uh, apologize if I butcher the name. Taga, Tom Reed, Zal, Yosef Davies, and Burnock, Razak Kukoyi. Um, we get return of some characters. Bix, Brasso, Marva, B2, Valencinta are back and together, which is great. And then we also get the reintroduction of some Rogue One favorites. Uh, Two Tubes, played by Aiden Cook. And Saw Guerrera, Forrest Whitaker. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, and he was so good in this mm-hmm. episode. It, I just how he plays Saw. Oh, Saw Guerrera is, is an all time great Star Wars character. He has spanned mm-hmm. so much media now. He uh he is a true believer, man. He 
came by his opinions honestly. He's been through the ringer. He goes down with the ship at the end of the day. I just love Saw Gerrera. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's so He's potentially tense. a little bit too much sometimes, but he's awesome. <laughs> um, but the, just his, I don't want to say, not his intonation, but his delivery of the lines, um, how he reads the character. Oh, yeah, he has a great inflection. I, I, yes, it's it's so fun to listen to. Um, I could listen to him talk all day. Actually, I could listen to Andy Circus talk all day because his his voice is phenomenal. And uh, he got a lot of screen time in this, and it was nice to see him back as a a face character in Star Wars versus CGI. So uh, when we open this episode, we find Cyril. Cyril is working his cube job. He's the worst. <laughs> um, and he is poking and prodding. I, I, I'll give him credit. He is using the system to his advantage a, to find answers. He's a bureaucrat bureaucrating right there. Yeah, he is. He is. He is leveraging the tools at his command. Um, and to pissing get people off by doing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So here is his uh, first introduction to Dedra Miro, who finds out like, hey, bro, I, I you keep trying to find this guy. I'm going to need you to, to, to pause on this. Dedra is sick of his go. stuff like already the second thing <laughs> yes she is i'm lieutenant ed ramira i'm the isb supervisor for the morlana sector what happened to lieutenant Bluffin? i I'll ask, ask the questions, questions. ferrix i've been reviewing the incident i was planning on calling you in to fill some gaps in the report we were scheduling that but now we've both had our mornings interrupted because you keep submitting requests to the bureau of standards like, look data here, center looking for cassian Andor. You've claimed he was a missing fuel specialist, an unresponsive energy engineer, a fuel purity field officer suspected of forging imperial reports. You've been at the Bureau of Standards for less than a month and you filed five false inquiries. Six, actually. I wasn't wasn't counting this morning. morning. She's on it, man. What are you doing, Mr. Khan? She knows it. Cassian Andor is a murderer and a threat to the Empire. I have been trying with the limited tools available to find him. So this is about public safety. Here's what's happened, Cyril. Mm -hmm. You have engaged the curiosity of the ISB. That's not a good thing. (laughs) No. Now, is there anything you'd care to tell me before I waste more of my time figuring out what it is you are up to? I'm just trying to clear my name. One would think you'd want to leave Ferex as far behind as possible. One would be wrong. Sick burn. I have a busy day. Tell me, what's not in Lieutenant Blevins' report that Mm -hmm. I need to know? I have no idea. I wasn't allowed to see the report. This is interesting. you signed it. You signed it. I was given no choice. Yeah, so he... I love how he is circumventing the system to go, I just want to see, I want to cross-reference this dude that I was looking for and see what I can find out kind of saying he's this, that, or the other thing. He's just reporting him for whatever to see if people will find him or look for him, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's crazy. So he's, he's intelligent enough to work the system and is dead set on finding the guy that basically ruined his career. Um. And it's just interesting how he goes about it. But yeah, Dedra is like, it, here's, here again is just as Dedra's supervisors were not necessarily listening to her in the beginning, here is Dedra not necessarily listening to 
mm-hmm. Cyril about what he might know or pulling him in. Now she does eventually say, "Look, let him read the report." Since he didn't, since he didn't actually well, I think know she was about shocked her, by that, because, read it. And this Cyril got in his position in a similar way uh, because I, they don't realize this, but those two have a lot in common. They are both yes. like dotting every I and crossing every T and following every rule almost uh, to a fault. So she's, he signed the report. He read the report. He knows that he agreed like boom, boom, boom. Why would it be any other way? But he's like, well, no, I never read the report. I was forced to sign it. And like, you see, that doesn't even make sense to her, you know, just, just like it didn't make any sense to Cyril that, well, this guy killed two of our associates and now we're just going to sweep it under the rug and do nothing about right. it. But that's exactly what they intended to do. And, you know, both of yeah. these people, because they're trying to follow the letter of the law, which is spiraling out of control, you know, the law keeps becoming broader and broader and broader, and we're arresting more and more and more people for longer and longer and longer. Um, but the, these two are true believers and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to arrest everybody that is doing something that the empire says they're not supposed to. We're going to fill out our paperwork. We're going to report to our, uh, superior officers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, I think they're both getting flummoxed by other people, uh, kind of being a little more fluid with that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, He's, he's, and he's trying, I get it. He's trying to like get out of where he's at. But he hates his position. He hates the way his mother looks at him. He probably, (laughs) you know, he's got a lot of guilt too. He got people killed. He got fired. He got his whole, Mm -hmm. his whole, whatever organization that he worked for lost a whole contract because of it. If they didn't get shut down completely, I don't even know. That was ambiguous to me. So, uh, yeah, he's been knocked down like, a lot of pegs. Mm-hmm. Yep. We get a lot of um we get a lot of the ISB stuff here in the beginning where Dedra and Cyril are kind of meeting for the first time when we we had we were wondering how that mm-hmm. bridge bridge was that gap was going to be bridged and here's how we get it. And we also get Dedra's hypothesis to Yalaren and the mm-hmm. ISB board. She's finally able to present her case, which her uh, what is it? Director Partigas was said, yes, I believe her. She's got strong evidence. Now, Yalaren during this meeting was like totally disinterested, just like yeah, mm-hmm, he was I'm listening mm-hmm. and like not paying any attention. And Dedra is going, look, this is a serious issue. We've we've now linked that the stuff that is being stolen can directly impact what we do from an organization standpoint. We have no idea who this is going to or who's behind plotting all of this, but our one link is Cassian Andor, and we need to find him. Mm-hmm. And what they call him, uh, what they call Luthan Axis. Yeah, Axis. I think was his name. They called the him Axis. Central to all this stuff. Um, yeah, and and Yalarn is clearly like, mm, this is you know, you want all this stuff to do this security check. This is going to cost a lot of money. Well, it's a sign of their hubris. They don't believe that any one or even two people could really pose any kind of real threat. They don't really believe that um, there could be a larger organization forming, which uh, I guess that's sort of on the tip of everybody's tongue now after their, their heist a couple episodes ago, you know, on Aldani. 
and I think that was the thing, you know, that Luthen was trying to get to is like, well, if you you steal one thing here or one thing there, the Empire doesn't notice and they don't care. And and Dedra alluded to the fact that the one uh I think the star chart P star yeah, computer never really said what that thing is. They, they just it's important. they never yeah, and who uh the steer guard lot that it was stolen from they never reported well, it because they were like that that's a that's a galactic wide problem because people are scared of getting yes. in trouble so yes. they try to cover stuff up which so like again, and it's one thing they're like oh it's exactly not a big deal what happened to cyril we didn't yeah. want to tell the empire that we screwed up and these people died and their killer got away so we're just not going to tell anybody to avoid getting mm-hmm. in trouble or not getting whatever the money that we were going to get um you know it's the same thing over and over the the empire is is uh like creating its own problems and they're repeating over and over and it's like too mm-hmm. big to realize it this is the cool thing about the first 8 episodes of this show is you're seeing hey we stole a little thing here we stole a little thing here we stole a little thing here and at the same time right rebels is going on right now and they're kind of thievery gets bigger and bigger and bigger right towards the end of rebels we're stealing 14 y-wing bombers from a clone wars y-wing bombers from a shipyard that's dismantling them when in the first episode they were stealing four crates from a couple troopers on lothal um, yeah, yeah, it really. Escalated. So it went from like little, little, little to big, 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 and the re- the rebellion becomes more of a threat to the empire down the road because, like, I mean, they stole a what was it the um, the aircraft carrier ship uh, on rebels in rebels everything. That's I mean, <laughs> it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and this it's it's that snowball effect, and this is what you're seeing right now, and Dedra is trying to get in front of it. And nobody was listening at the time. She's like, look, these little things, yeah, under under its under its own, you know, vice, it, it doesn't add up to anything. But when you put it together, mm-hmm. these things are are important. And that's why she wanted all those things to help kind of she said, look, on Ferrix, if somebody is talking to this guy on Ferrix, we need to be listening. And that's when Bix, towards the end of this episode, gets caught because or not Bix, I'm sorry, Pac gets caught because Bix went in to use the little Mm-hmm. message thing to send the code to Luthen and in Clea and they found out and the Empire raided hit the shop and yeah. they arrested Pac to get answers and clearly tortured. Well it's him. like I was saying last episode, um these two things are coming together at the same time too. Like she's discovering that the rebellion is stealing all these things and that it's an organized effort. So they're discovering this right at the same exact time that Luthen is pushing his side, the rebellion side, to come together and start taking these bigger swings. He did the big heist on on Aldani, and now he's trying to get Saw to team up with this other guy so they can do uh, some other kind of big strike that he didn't really explain yet, but they've got a plan for. And, and he did explain that we have to take these shots because we want the Empire to react. We need the them to be even more oppressive so more people are willing to stand up. Um, mm-hmm. So he's ready, you know, for a long time, all they were doing was let's steal a thing here. Let's steal a thing there. Let's raise a little money. Let's 
do what we can and they were trying to be hidden and now right when they're about to be discovered on the other end they're like hey it's time to show our hand and and make them understand that there's a threat out there and this is all coming to it it's all converging at the same time yep yep for sure while this is all going on we do get to find out where uh cassian's been taken um he ends up on uh they they kind of showed him like going through the whole like i don't know this shuttle thing out from the uh niamos you know he was arrested there he got his sentencing they walk him through this thing he goes up some kind of almost look like a theater to like these shuttles different shuttlecraft and then they send him off to narkina 5 which the opening shot of narkina 5 was was really cool it's just this water area it looked like the raft in um the prisons look like the raft in in uh, avengers right where they would you know basically put the the super criminals um in in that and yeah, this the place was not going to be easy to escape because even if you mm-hmm. it's in the middle of a giant ocean or, or giant body of water at least mm-hmm. and if you did manage to get out of the electrified floor building into the water it's surrounded by these <laughs> giant whatever holes just sucking the water down into them. So if you did get in the water, you'd immediately be sucked down into the hole. And, I don't <laughs> yeah. know, recycled back into the jail. I don't know, just drowned something. You're not getting out of that place. No, no. At I, really wanna, I really want to, no, I want to play this uh, intro though, that the guard gives to the group that's standing there looking like they have the ocean be behind yourself. them. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, this is kind of interesting to listen to. Welcome to Narkina 5. This is an Imperial factory facility. You've all been assessed as labor-worthy. Now, following this introduction, you'll be transferred to your level assignment and workroom, where your floor manager will explain the details of our schedule and schedule. expectations. Your length of stay has been predetermined. The quality of that time will be up to you. Now, those who've been incarcerated before will be surprised by the calm, sanitary conditions and our like he's trying to sell minimally it. invasive yeah. enforcement <laughs> techniques. That's so nice. He's now. trying to sell it. I'm sure Beautiful some, here. not all of you, are wondering how we risk standing before you without weapons. It's a potent question. This is brutal. And hopefully one you won't need to have answered very often, but... I mean... It does not look comfortable. That was unreal. They're just... Uh. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty... You may stand. That was level one. You may stand. Our floors are tungstoid steel. Do your time productively. Keep to your lane, and this needn't be more than a memory. Good luck. This is good luck to you. <laughs> this is... Okay, this is the... That looked like the most painful thing in the world mm-hmm. on level one. That it can send like some kind of electric charge up your body that convulses you into an ungodly position. My back would break. Like I've got a bad back to begin with. My back would snap in two if that charge went up me. And I, yeah, <laughs> it, it looks like being tased only way worse or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Um. So they. And he's, I love that he's trying to sell it though. And he's like, oh, you'll be surprised. We have beautiful, clean working conditions. You have food and water. You get your own cell. We don't have to like 
beat you every day. We don't have to use guns or anything. And it, you're like, why? That was all oh, technically because we have true. This, it is. And, and it, like when you see their barracks or their cells, it's very clean. They have their own bed. They have their own toilet, flip down toilet, which was weird. Um, I'm not really sure how that works. Back tube. <laughs> it was. Uh, it literally was like a flip down flat panel, and I'm like, I'm not really sure how this toilet works, but sure. Um, food comes out through a hose. I'm no assuming flavor. one is one is liquid, one is paste yeah. There was a water kind. and like some kind of whatever oh. nourishment. I bet it's not that delicious tube chowder that they get in Mando. No, not at all. Well, I, oh, it's, man. it's apparently flavorless, so maybe it's better than tube <laughs> chowder. I don't know. <laughs> that could be the tube chowder had like a live squid in it. So um, no thanks. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a very sterile environment. They get these white and orange jumpsuits. They shower in one room together with some kind of steam it's bath. It's not even really a shower, though. They just get like misted with a disinfectant. Yes. Um, um, so it's gross. Like, I feel like you're delousing you powder be, like, or something. Sticky and nasty all the time because you never really get like rinsed off. <sighs> yeah. Um, one per. What did it, what did what did uh, Menchie say? It was like one, one per person cell to or a cell. It's an instant zap. Two, or instant something. Yeah. Any yeah. more than that is an instant. Whatever. Death you're getting or zapped. something. I, so I like, don't think if, they're going to kill you. If two people but, go into one cell. You get shocked, yeah. like if like that foot, foot plate knows there's more than one person. Yeah, yeah. and Intense. it looks to me, apparently, if you leave your cell at night, uh, it kills you. That thing is charged up to like three. Yeah, I think, and we see that later on where one of the guys at the end of the aisle, mm-hmm. um, decided to end it and walked out onto the floor and fried himself. Mm-hmm. And the other prisoners were very, I don't want to have to say they had disdain for that. Some of, I mean, some of them were, you can tell how they don't care. Yeah. They were mostly They're just like, annoyed that they had to deal with it. How, um, yep, you know, they said he would smell, smell it all night. They're going to smell that all night. The next day. Yep. The team that he like, Oh, what team was he on table three? Oh man. Like they were just, now work productivity is going to go down for that table. So well, they all know they're going to get shocked. You know, they're going to get punished. It's, it is not a good environment mm-hmm. um, to be in. This is brutal. And we get a, a little bit of a time jump here with Cassian. We see he's been in there for 30 rotations or 30 shifts, you know, which 12 I hour wasn't shifts clear a day. On that. They have a 12 hour shift, but then they do not appear to have 12 hours worth of non-work activities to do. So do you have like a 12 hour shift and then like nine hours off (laughs) where you eat and shower and sleep and they put you like, are they running on less than a 24 hour schedule? You know what I mean? Cause they certainly don't appear to have any kind of like leisure time built in there you know they're not going to sleep 12 hours and work 12 hours you know they might sleep eight or nine but mm-hmm. uh you know where are those other three four hours a day going i mean maybe yeah. walking from place to place and eating and whatever but i, I was curious how how they're because it didn't say 30 days it said 30 shifts so it just made me wonder if they're running mm-hmm. on some kind of crazy schedule yeah i don't know they it was interesting though to see because the minute that they walk um 
the minute that Cassian gets into this place and they kind of take him down to the first floor for his assignment and where they were going, you can tell that there was an issue with the guard exchange that was going on there. And Cassian's noting this. This prison is shorthanded or short staffed because that big they time. feel They're a little disorganized. They're and you know that makes yes. sense too. We you can see that in America very well. Uh, the more people you start putting in prison, the more crowded the jails get, and mm-hmm. they're understaffed. You know, the they're crowded, yep. uh, which we saw that too. Every single one of those hallway, hallways, uh, when the the dudes were doing sign language to each other, yep. um, was yep. packed. And there's not enough staff. You know, they're waiting on a they guy. I had everybody. to come from another place because we were shorthanded there and it's a little disorganized. And the whole place is uh, under control so well because of the inmate leaders that are in each room whose own sentence is dependent on the on on everybody following the rules you know what i mean so they're pitting the inmates against each other to keep things safe and organized because there's not nearly enough actual guards um if something were now they they've got to find a way to overcome that electrified floor that's a that's a big that's a big hurdle but well, and you can, you, that's as soon as they walked up, you see mm-hmm. Cassian's looking at their shoes. Like, wait, I'm barefooted. These dudes are yep. wearing shoes. What's going on here? And he figures, okay, there's problem. There's issue number one. I got to mm-hmm. solve issue number two. We know that there's guard rotation issues. Um, even when he was like walking out onto the plat, the little elevator to go down mm-hmm. to the main floor and, and uh, Kino says off or on program and they all put their hands behind their head like this, right? As he's coming down, there's one guard. There's yeah. one guard on that lift taking him down to the floor where there are tons of prisoners. Mm-hmm. And Cassian's like getting all this in his head and he's like thinking about it and plotting it out. And I, he sees... Yeah, he barely right, had he any sees dialogue the sign language. this whole episode. He was mm-hmm. just observing and... I think they did a really good job. Diego Luna also did a really good job, just like with his eyes. Uh, you could tell the things that he was thinking about and and what was going through his head when he was seeing all that stuff. And then, yes, like you were just saying, there was the two guys doing sign language to each other um, mm-hmm. when they were all. So lined he knows up. something's up. Mm-hmm. He knows something's up, and I'm gonna guess when he figures out what they're plotting or what they're talking about he's going to chime in with, you can't do that because of this. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, the guard rotation is this. Or like adding information that maybe they didn't have that they go, he's right, let's bring him in, and he's now going to be part of this. Um, well, and I think I he's going to pull... I was wondering, were those guys that were signing to each other, were they already working on some kind of scheme? Or were they just communicating? So even like... Uh, that we got this new guy. He doesn't know anything about the new requirements, or or they're talking about news, or somebody killed myself, c- killed themselves in our whatever last oh, gotcha. night or whatever. Yeah. And then like, maybe Cassian's or... idea is going to be like, hey, let's start coordinating a whole, you know, because there's a lot more of us than there are of them, and you know, we've seen in the in the trailers that yep. they're we're at the place some now where there break. ends up being yeah. some kind of revolt or whatever. So uh, I didn't, I thought it could go either way. Are these guys already kind of scheming and working on something or are they just, 
you know, communicating, sharing information, trying to get through their day. And Cassian's going to co-opt that to, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of start this uprising. I don't know. I'm interested to see this. uh, It's terrifying. uh, But this prison situation, it's, it's really interesting to me too. How are they going to get out of this? How, how does it all work? Um, How is the, how is the empire kind of running this, this part of their machine, which we know they're locking a lot of people up for a long time. So there's got to be a bunch of these things. They're also mm-hmm. using it for free labor. You know, this is not slave labor, but slave labor. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. it, 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 this is a, a big part of the machine and it's interesting to me to see how they're doing. Oh, it. they got the, they got the Geonosians building parts out on, out there. They've got prison, you know, prisoners working parts in here i don't know what they're building but prisoners all over um, the galaxy you know yeah this, this yeah is they're one. doing this everywhere there's millions of yeah. these things yep um and it's it was cool because it's just cool to see cassian taking this all in like you're right and knowing how quickly he picked what did he pick up the language in the aldani episode they had said you know they basically gave him that tablet and said here learn all these words like mm-hmm. within what 24 to 48 hours and he picked that up. So I think he's looking at that sign language yeah, going, I think savvy. I could pick this up. Yeah. He's smart. And I he looked at Melshi in the beginning uh, when he first gets introduced to the table. And they're trying to put together the stuff and how they're communicating. And they kind of, you know, cross table talk. And Melshi's kind of the one holding them together, I think. Because they were talking, they were getting disheartened and like, oh, we're going to get shocked again. Well, each table, going it out. seems like, has a leader. You know, there's this clear hierarchy mm-hmm. through... You know, there's the there's the guy running the whole room. Each each table has a leader, and then they've got their people underneath them. Mm-hmm. And he was clearly the leader of that table. And then there's also the older guy, who um, Jembok is, I think, is was. struggling. And they're oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't get his, about. you know, he. I, I don't know if he's a little arthritic, <laughs> he's a little weak, or and... whatever. But he he's having <laughs> trouble, and they're having to pick up his slack a little bit. And I think yeah. obviously that's going to come to a head at some point. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jembach is kind of the positive leader of that table, but I think Melshi's the one holding them together. He's like the glue for that table. They listen to him. So, and I, Cassian recognizes that, and he's like, "This guy is a guy that I need on my side right away." So, um, we get another plot area going on here with uh, the senator, or, or Mon Mothma, and Tay Korma, um, and then. They're having another party. They're always having Chandrillan yeah, parties. Entertaining, a very political thing. We're just always entertaining people <laughs> and shaking hands and whatever. Um, they, she's trying to get votes. Yeah. She was trying to get senatorial votes for the emperor's overreach. I, they didn't really outline what it was for, but I think we got a lot of really interesting. This wasn't a particularly long amount of time that we were in the. Uh, whatever the mothma uh, apartment there penthouse but there was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff we got all the um stuff with her and what uh tay who um tay korma mm-hmm. was talking about the banking clan and locking down the regulations and they're installing all the auditors and they're checking up on people and yada 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 and we know about from the clone wars as far back as then that uh, Palpatine has been manipulating and working the banking clan as, you know, kind of a tool of his his oppression there. Uh, and we're seeing more of that. Super interesting to me. Uh, we got some 
some stuff about Mon Mothma has been a senator since she was 16. Yeah. Very similar to uh, married at like 15. Amidala kind of where they were there. Mm-hmm. There's just their customs to have some young people got some things going on. But yes, they were married at 15, moved to Coruscant because she was a senator at 16. Uh, and to me, that sheds a little bit of light on how these guys are kind of cold to each other you know one mm-hmm. they got together way too young realistically i think we, we 15's a little young to get married and pick who you're going to spend it probably wasn't they didn't really have a lot of say in it maybe it seems like it was kind of an arranged thing maybe even and then they moved away from their friends and family at 16 um so i i I think it makes sense that they would grow up and grow apart and maybe there's a little bit of resentment in there. Even if they don't resent each other, they probably resent the situation to some degree. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it and it it might just be their custom and they're totally cool with it and they don't like each other because they are whatever, a mad old married couple. But uh, that kind of makes sense (laughs) to me. Uh, And then the other thing we get is her talking to these senators and they're just spouting the propaganda oh my like they're goodness. you can tell they just fully fully believe what they're being fed by the emperor because they're like well you know these are dangerous times these are we got it we have to let them do all these things because we're under all these yeah. threats and she's like guys well what are you threatened by do you not feel yeah. safe what what's the threat <laughs> yeah. because there is no threat. here let me let me play this because this is very interesting. She's in this group of senators yeah. that are just in and this party. And the, the one guy at the end nice, just tried to change the conversation. Yeah. Check this out. Check this out. Palpatine's frustrating. Yes, we agree. Too easily provoked. Yes. Overreactive. Understatement. Says what do you mean? We're discussing legislation, not speeches. What does he mean? What is public order? It's an awfully big box, isn't it? The Emperor's primary charge is to protect us, is it not? That's what the PORD legislation will do. How much protection is enough? We know what too little looks like. Surveillance and prosecution, without limit. If you're doing nothing wrong, what is there to fear? Well, I'm oh. fearing your definition of wrong. <laughs> I'm fearing your definition of wrong. Dangerous ties. Are they not? Do you feel under threat? Personally, here, yes. I'm at great risk of ingesting too much of this. See, he had to make a joke because he knows it's BS. <laughs> Yeah, he he tried to shift the conversation yeah, like, oh, and get out I'm of it. And by being like smooth move, much, like whoa, what are, what's the? <laughs> he didn't want to have a serious conversation yeah. about it. But that's yeah. the thing: if you're not breaking any, if you're not doing anything wrong, what do you have to be scared of? Oh my goodness, those are famous last words. Like, yep. Uh, very, yeah. Uh, well, no, you don't have very it. Very parallel. Let him, just let them search every house and every car and everybody's pockets and listen to every single phone call. And well, you know, if you're not doing anything wrong, you got nothing to hide. But then they start changing what qualifies as wrong. You know what I mean? That's yep. everybody's sentence just got doubled. We we just saw Cassian get thrown in jail for walking. He was literally just walking across the beach, <laughs> yeah, and he, he got a six years in jail. So like. Uh, the the if you're not doing anything wrong you have nothing to worry about that's a huge joke we've heard it in mm-hmm. the real world we've heard it in uh, like so many fictitious stories like oh my goodness that was that. i think that was the hard part with cassie and getting arrested like he literally was just walking to the store <laughs> and they arrested him in no link because obviously there was a chase going on and because he looked like the guys that were running they went Hey, you're part of this, aren't you? And like just suspected him, but they had no evidence and he didn't get a fair trial and got put away. And it's like, 
Dude was just trying to go get some pizos. It happens every single day. The green you ones. Know, if, a, if, if somebody puts handcuffs <laughs> on you and puts you in the back of the car, you're going to jail. There's no like, hey, guys, I didn't do any. It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. You don't have any recourse, and that's just the reality of it and that's uh yeah that's scary i want to go back to your um you know you were kind of touching on mon and and perrin a little bit and kind of their marriage and they were you know i think perrin was talking to some guests and this is actually not one of his parties this is one of mon's parties where she's bringing her guests in and her people in and trying to pull people into her side um basically she's trying to entertain to get people on her side to, to vote to get her votes. way right yeah, it's a, yeah and politicians and, do all the time yeah and parent is, is at this party he's just like look i i don't know what i'm doing i'm just a guest like i'm this is my wife's party it's cool but he's he's having this interesting conversation with these guests um looking out this window and this is where it kind of touches on how long they've been married oh that's my wife i never look out the window <laughs> that right oh, there is, is important your embassy hostess the question was, how many hours a day do we stand here admiring the view? We should. I know. Not enough. <laughs> I think I'd never leave. Well, that's always the way, isn't it? One forgets to savor the familiar. So mm, true. We came here as children. To visit? No, Mon became a senator at 16. So this is where you met? No, we'd already been married a year. So romantic. And traditional. The old ways of Chandrila. As was the custom. To each people its own. Speaking of, have you seen Tay? No, he left. This was He said he had an early morning. Of course. Excuse me, if you will. So nice to meet you. I'm going to spend more time at this window, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Just laugh, smile, play it off. The very first sentence that Perrin said, though, is a very interesting parallel to who he is in real life. What does he say? I hardly ever look out of it. And that's his whole MO. Like, if I don't pay attention to the bad things that are going on, if I don't look up, they're not there. They're, they're like to him, if I don't look up or if I don't really look into it, it's not there. So he goes, Oh, I hardly ever look out this window. Like, yeah, you keep your head down in your penthouse apartment and drink your Shandrillin squigs and you don't care. And yep. that's the thing. You just keep your head down and you you play the part and that's it. And that's the problem is a lot of these people and these senators and, and what's going on, they're doing the same thing. They're not seeing what is happening. Whereas Mon clearly knows that and she is learning from Palpatine and she's learning to hide what she's doing. Um, but I, I, I had a, it was the conversation with Leda, Lita where she comes up to Mon and Tay in the beginning was very weird. Did you get that vibe? Yeah, I didn't really understand it either. Um, I And I rewatched the show right b- today after work before we got on here. And again, I was like, I don't understand. Why is she being strange like that? What was the point of this little mm-hmm. conversation? I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. She was being weird and I don't... Like in even in the context of the story, I don't understand what the purpose of that was. But it was, so she came up, she walks up to Tay, like Mon is talking with Tay Korma. She walks up to him and she's like, oh, hey, like, yeah, oh, we've met before. Like we met at the last party. She's like, oh, you seem to be here all the time now. And like, he's like, well, kind of, I'm going back and forth. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I should go find dad. 
and then like walks away well, to no, go find Mon Perrin. Told her, your dad is looking for you. Go find your dad. But the yeah, the whole and then she's like, oh, I should go find him. Strange. But it was weird. And then she goes and f- clearly goes and finds Perrin, right? Mm-hmm. And then when Perrin tells Mon, Tay left the party, but Tay didn't say goodbye to her or say anything to her. Somebody's a snitch. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess later. somebody gave him up like, Hey, Tay's here again. He's been coming back and forth. That's a little suspicious. He's not used to being here. He's Mm -hmm. never been here before this frequently, but now he's all of a sudden making guest appearances at these parties. It was just an awkward conversation. Like, why did that happen? And then when Perrin told her, Oh, he left. She's like, Oh, that's weird. He left without saying goodbye. Yeah. I think somebody is um, going on there. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any guesses. I don't really know. No, it was just a, an awkward conversation, but um, yeah, I don't know. But the the party was weird. They were drinking some kind of drink where you put live bugs in it, and then it like all of a sudden they like zapped to death. Yeah, or, like, they looked like little worms, <laughs> or like were they little yeah, mini little electric worms. eel? But I'm assuming like they get you drunk or stoned or something, like because Mon Mothma was turning them down. Um, mm-hmm. And there was also a funny line where. I think it was Mon Mothma's daughter or something says they're, they're gross. And Tay was like, well, yeah, that's part of it. (laughs) That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what? No, no, thank you. I don't want to drink a drink with worms in it. I don't know. It depends. What's her her husband asked for hers. (laughs) He got two. So he did. I don't, I I don't know. might be the best, best drunk you ever got on those little, they were, they were definitely alive. Right in the little jar, they were alive, and then they dropped them in. And way. as soon as they hit the water, they seemed went, to me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but um, and then we kind of finish up with a little bit of Luthen and Kalea. Well, we get Velencinta. Let me go back to that first. We finally get Velencinta reunited, and this was a hard thing to watch because I think Vel is very happy to be back with Cinta. But Cinta is still very focused on the mission, and she understands what's at risk. And I think her line to Vel was at one point, do you think the Empire sleeps, or do you think the Empire rests, mm-hmm. or something like that? And, and she understands, like, this, this is a long-haul battle. Whereas I think Vel was looking at the score at Aldani as, like, a one-and-done thing and hoping that they could just go somewhere and escape the Empire, and that's not going to be a possibility. And Cinta recognizes that. Yeah, you could tell Cinta was a little bit more of a true believer. She's very committed to the cause. She's ready to mm-hmm. either die or see this to the end, one way or another, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. I think she and Vel, obviously, which callback when uh, what's his name said she already shares, she's already sharing a blanket with somebody she's sharing or a sharing a bunk, a bunk or with somebody. It, mm-hmm. I'll bet you didn't guess it was Val, but <laughs> I I got that when he first said it, and I and he kind of looks over, and you can see you can see Vel there, and you can mm-hmm. see Cinta, um, just in the background, and it, the camera went back over to both of them, and I knew it at that point. And I was like, oh okay, I was like, I get it. Well, and that's and, why um, when um when they find out that Cassian was a uh I guess a mercenary was hired was paid. Um, I can't remember the ex stormtrooper guy asked her, and she was like, "No, she didn't tell me either." So, yeah, yep. 
uh, pillow talk. Yeah, just they all, would call all coming together. You share here, a little but... pillow talk. <laughs> yeah, so they. Um, but I yeah, feel a little so bad a nice... for Vel, though. You know, she's getting her her heart broke. She's off, you know, on her own now. She was kind of reeling after after their heist because that didn't really go off very well. I mean, for everybody else's standpoint, it probably went off pretty well because they did get out with the money. But for her and her little team, she lost. At this point, she lost everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. I think she wanted to stay with Cinta, but mm-hmm. even Cinta said it's too suspicious. There's like two random mm-hmm. people now living here versus one person who could easily blend in with the people. And she understands what's at stake. So, yeah, we get that. And Bix, Bix gets caught after they raid Pac's shop. And she kind of feels bad for what happened there and then gets chased in the streets and gets captured. And Dedra pulled a slick move there where she leaves Pac in the torture chair and somebody had said well we're bringing in Bix yeah. do you want us to get him out of here and she's like no leave him and then she, she said, comes I want in her to see him. yeah I want her to see him and then she she comes in and she sees him and then Dedra is like what are you doing get him out of here mm-hmm. what god like yeah she was I didn't, I didn't want her to see it and yeah like it was a slick move on her part like you know I'm I'm gonna try to be yeah, she I'm gonna try to like get the one. answers out of you in the nice way, but this is what happens when you don't give me the answers I want. And or she like, wanted them to start her off. Scared. That was a flub. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like here, start off scared, but then I'm gonna pretend to be the nice guy. I'm gonna try to get the answers from you, and if that doesn't happen, then here's what's gonna happen. So, slick move on her part, and then we finish with Luthen flying to I forget what the name of it was. Um, I don't, I don't know some base two that, word name he was going to some planet to meet cell cell corma maybe no I don't remember but um, anyway Luthen arrives and is has this lovely conversation with Saw Guerrera um, I love that we see two tubes as we're you know kind of flying into the base and you can see the X-wing there with the black paint on it which is um, characteristic of Saw's group and all of their ships kind of have this black and kind of grayish paint scheme on it. But uh, Luthen's having a, a spirited conversation with Saw and he's trying to get him to work with another individual named Alto Krieger who Saw does not like. He is a separatist. Called him an ox. Called him an ox and and stupid. Um, and he basically says he's, he's strong though. And he's, he's found a weakness within this power station at Spellhouse, And the goal is to, I think, get in and shut that down. But, um, in their conversation, they dive into where both of them are at with this rebellion and saw doesn't want to work with anybody. Luthen recognizes we've been working separately for far too long. We start to need to team up here to get things going. And this is where Saw kind of goes off on him a little bit. Whatever our final version of success looks like, there's no chance any of us can make it real on our own. We need the Empire to help. We need them angry. We need them coming down hard. Put the foot down. Oppression breeds rebellion. Krieger needs their support. I'm not for hire. Think of it. Think of Spellhouse in flames. Neither of you could do it on your own, but together... Krieger's a separatist. My pay's a neo-republican. The Gorman Front. The Partisan Alliance. 
sectorists, human cultists, galaxy partitionists. They're lost. All of them lost. So intense. Lost. The music is so weird here, too. What are you? Saw's intense, man. What are you? I've never really known. What are you? You certainly didn't answer. I'm a coward. Or anyway. I'm a man who's terrified the Empire's power will grow beyond the point where we can do anything to stop it. I'm the one who says we'll die with nothing if we don't put aside our petty differences. Pity! <laughs> I like how he calls them petty. I am the only one with clarity of purpose. Hmm. <laughs> well, anarchy is a seductive concept. A bit of a luxury, I'd argue, to a man who's hiding in cold caves. I'm begging for spare parts. <laughs> Luthen just, or Saw just laughs at him. No sale today, Luthen. No sale today, Luthen. <laughs> he basically tells him no, but, uh, you know, we talked in the, I think in the beginning of the, uh, before the show about Saw ripping off all these names mm -hmm. of different groups that are yeah. struggling. Well, it's, we're anti-Empire, but for a bunch of different reasons, which uh, Saw has like such a dumb point in this regard. Like my reason for hating the Empire is such a better reason for than yours that <laughs> you guys don't even you you're not even clear on your purpose. You don't even understand the point yeah. of this. But isn't the real point to overthrow the Empire and? reinstate a government that's for the people by the people well then let's all agree on that part and <laughs> work together you know he's uh he can't see the forest for the trees a little bit uh but you gotta you gotta appreciate the man's commitment who i mean who has mm -hmm. that kind of in the real life in the real world who do you know that honestly has the depth of faith of saw Guerrero? no one it's it's crazy. Yeah. He is the the truest of true believers. Yeah, and he I, he recognizes I think what he is too. He's an instrument of, uh, he's an instrument of I don't want to say war. Uh, he's a tool to be used, and his group is a tool to be used. But he gets to pick and choose mm -hmm. when they are used. Not I I don't work for anybody else. I work for myself, and that's where Luthen goes. But you're you're only going to like chip little th things yeah, off the you armor. You're not going to get to the, the nerves. You yeah. Correct. You're not going to get to the heart of the matter or the, the, the network yeah. that makes the body go. You're just like chipping away little pieces well, and, that's, and it doesn't work like that's that. That's sort of the thing. Um, it, it, he kind of makes the same complaint to Mon Mothma too. Like, well, you're too principled. Mm -hmm. You're not willing to get your hands dirty. So you can't actually accomplish anything. Well, if you're too principled on the other end, Saul Guerrera, and you won't work with anybody, then you're also not going to be able to ultimately yep. accomplish. You know what I mean? They're exactly, and we've seen this over and over, but they're two sides mm -hmm. of the exact same coin. They want the same thing. They want to go about it in a, exact opposite ways and neither one of them will concede anything to the other so you know divided they will fall You're stuck yep 
Yes, sir. Dude, I, I love the depth of this show and how much it brings to the table and just the yeah. dialogue and the writing yeah, and really the characters. Good. You don't need to introduce, you don't need a lot of fan service in it. You don't need. You don't have to have Jedi? Like, you don't have to have Jedi. You don't have to have, um, you know, major, like, I don't know. I don't want to say like bodies of things in the show. It, the character development, the writing, the dialogue, it is done so well that it, it dives deep into every other facet of star Wars that we've seen to this point and everything else that is going on with the galaxy and the common people that are involved in this tangled web. If that makes sense. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm loving this show. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm ready for the next episode every single week. So what do we think? Uh, what do we think they're making at the plant? What do you think those parts are? Um, well, at this point, the Death Star is probably very, very well into construction. Uh, so mm-hmm. maybe parts for that, ship parts. I mean, part of the parts for the machine. They're they're giant things that they're making. Um, so I think they're going into some kind of starships, probably. That's Who what knows, I would guess though. too. Starships we'll probably or... never know um at at feet something they need a bunch of because they're making a ton of them yeah for sure do you think bix or any of the other characters on ferrix give up cassian or marva or anybody that's you know tied with this that's going to lead them down the path of finding well i don't think they can they don't know where he is that's what they were just talking about at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the episode you know they because they're worried about Marva and they want to call, they want to get in touch with Cassian to come check on her. Uh, and they can't. And they were contacting Luthen to see if he knows where to get Cassian and they can't get in touch with him either. So, um, I don't think she has much that she can give up. And I think they're going to hit a dead end here. They're going to keep grabbing these people and they're going to keep torturing them and it's going to piss off the locals. And that's where we're going to see that, uh, kind of revolt they have there. And maybe that's when, uh, Dedra realizes she maybe could use a hand from Cyril. Yeah. Agreed. I was just, that was going to be my next question actually was how do you, do you think, uh, Dedra extends the olive branch to Cyril? Yeah. I think at some point he gets, come into the fold. he gets brought in to, to help out with this investigation. Uh, cause he's right. He was doing a good job. Like from his perspective, mm-hmm. whether you agree with his goals or not, uh, he was accomplishing them and he was doing with way less resources. He got way closer to Cassian, um, than Dedra has been able to with, the majority of the might of the empire at her disposal. So what did he say? He goes, I solved a double homicide in two days. Yeah. And, or, and then he said something that was it overzealous? Yes. But the, the but opportunity was there. What is the, yeah. Yeah. And he said, what is, what, I forget what he said about the overreach of, I don't remember what it was, the security of, of the empire or something like that. And basically it was extreme, super extreme going, you know, I'm trying to defend the empire here and protect it. And this was what I was trying to do, but I got booted for it. So yeah, super interesting show. Love it. 
it's it's great. I I I can't. I'm on the edge of my seat every week as far as what is happening with these characters. Um, and I love Luthen's shop. There's always something new in Luthen's shop. When we cut back there, you can see the Temple Guard mask better this week. There was a you can see Plo Koon Plo Koon's breather or whatever that mask was that he had. It was like that kind of or style was sitting of it, there. You know, one, whatever a version of it. Um, if you watch the scene with him and Clea. You know, it, he has that full set of armor that everybody was geeking out about. Like, oh, that's a Star Killer armor. That's a Sith Assassin armor, right? And it has the big spikes coming out of the head. If you watch the scene with Clea when he walks in around the corner, there is a better version of that helmet sitting there, like low on a table. It doesn't have the giant horn spike things sticking out of it, but it's like sitting low and it looks more like the actual star killer helmet mm-hmm. so go back watch that scene you'll see it hidden in there um and that was super cool and we do find out how long cassian's been in this he's been in there what 30 days and we 30 know shifts. and we know cyril has fought over one month that he's been working there has filed five or six of these reports so that kind of jumps both mm-hmm. these characters from when cyril started at the um why well, for division of whatever, whatever it is. And then when the and Cassian yeah, went into prison. So that puts us on the same yeah. time frame of about 30 days. Yeah, they're both so like it's able now to, into the swing of things, you know, they're sort of adjusted to what's going on. Yep. Yep. For sure. So, uh, anything else that you want to add before we, uh, wrap this up and call it a day? I think we pretty well covered it. Yeah. That was a good show, man. Yeah. This was awesome. That was the Dynamic Duos recap of episode 8 Andor, titled Narkina 5. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Was glad to have Saw Gerrera back for one. Love that dude. Crazy, crazy character. He looks... The one thing I did notice too before we, we we wrap up here, I did he didn't have the little um, no no breather oxygen mass hooked on him. No breather. Well, he's still and, got two working I, legs. It looks like as well. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting because I, I think uh, Luthen says to him, "It's like, wouldn't you like to see, uh, wouldn't you like to see um, Spellhouse up in flames?" So maybe something goes wrong at Spellhouse, which makes saw even crazier and then he's got the oxygen tube and the, the jacked be. up leg by the time we hit roll saw roll also one, so. said absolutely not not doing it um so that's we'll true see. too <laughs> uh that's true too so anyway uh hope you guys enjoyed the episode go check out all of our previous podcast episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts you can also check out any of our live streams that we've done previously out on the youtubes you can find Outer Rim Beacon anywhere on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Outer Rim Beacon. And then you can find me, Justin, on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Kyle, drop them with your info here. I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram. Couldn't get Josh on tonight. He's doing big things with his band right now. He's got uh, 
some really cool stuff going on. There's a new video out. Um, former critics, I think you can find a video on YouTube now, right? Yeah, it's up. It's live. Yep, it's and up. Go check them out. Whatever I think, three, four songs are also mm-hmm. out on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Former critics, check them out. Yeah, go check them out. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. As always, get out there and do something Star Warsy, and may the Force be with you. Always. Always. Beep, beep. Bye.